Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. How are we doing Dave? Yeah, not bad. We realise that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown... We had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear about the content. There's been some great stuff. We've yeah. talked about bags. We've talked about battle of the treks. We talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because like you said, Dave, they're, they're sitting down listening for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is a great format. You can do it on the go, put it in your car, listen to it. It's a bit interactive, so you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, but if you're listening to this, obviously, yeah. um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear, uh, podcast at evertrack.co.uk. Awesome, Dave. Yeah, enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, all the best. Yeah, so welcome to today's Tuesday Tune-In, everybody. We'll see where everyone's sort of joining now. Um, yeah, so as you can see, that we've upgraded Andy once again um, to, uh, to Rose. Rose is going to talk to us... A- Rosie. Oh yeah, so Rosie's going to talk to us, um, and we're going to talk a little bit about trip prep, um, something Rosie knows a little bit about because she's about to go and do Tupacal. Uh, yeah. When are you doing it? Um, next month. Next month, start of the month. What day was it? Fourth of, of May. Fourth of May, because it's your birthday. Yes, yeah, my birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about sort of the way Rosie's been prepping because you've been going at it pretty hard, the way yeah. I prepped in the past, and sort of. Um, yeah, see, see what's worked out for us. I don't leave things for chance, whereas no. <laughs> you do. So I've been stressing, <clears throat> but yeah, it means that I'm in a good place. Yeah. I mean, I didn't leave things for chance the first trek I ever went on. I trained no. like I was an astronaut going into yeah. space. For that one. <laughs> Literally, um, yeah, like how I've been. But yeah, um, now you're more relaxed. Whereas this is my second trip at altitude. Obviously, did Machu Picchu last year. Um, so, yeah, I've just been kind of altering my training a little well quite a lot actually I've altered my training um in terms of how I was training for Machu Picchu so yeah um Anthony Christian has said that I'm way nicer on the eyes what yeah they say that yeah cheers mate yeah no about me I don't think it's about you you what you guys don't know is that I turned up work this morning late it was tragic with 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 no makeup on and then I just looked at him and went we're doing the Tuesday tune-in today. Yeah, we nearly sent her home. Yeah. It was... Um... So I had to use someone else's makeup. Yeah. And we did we did what we could do. Yeah, it's been... Um, it, it was kind of similar. How, how I can re- say, when Rosie walked in this morning, it's sort of what I think... You know when you first move the sarcophagus? <laughs> when you find a new pyramid and then what you see inside? Like, that, that was Rosie this morning. And I've they, not and, been well though, to be fair. Like literally, we opened it, we like ah. Then we closed the lid again, and this is like the closed lid version, you know, like gold <laughs> painted and everything like that. John's here. John, if you scroll down, you'll see that someone's used an avatar, Chris Collins. That's exactly like you. We've decided we're going to get you both in a room together. Um, uh, hey, and Laura, how's it going? We should probably focus and stop focus, talking yeah. about my face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Tupacal. Yeah, Tupacal. So you did Machu Picchu, when was it, last September? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so my, should we talk, are we talking about training? Yeah. Okay. That's what, yeah. That's what the tune so, is about. 
my training for Machu Picchu was quite cardio based. Um, I did um, running, I was on the Stairmaster um, and then rowing machine quite a lot um, and then probably doing weights twice a week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, by the end I was I was doing a lot of cardio. Um, I'm not kind of a runner. I didn't I didn't really enjoy um, it that much. Um, how my <clears> trainings <throat> differed now, I'm about a stone and a half lighter um, and I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing um a lot of all weight training basically um getting my steps in every day um and on kind of upper like upper training days I'm getting on the stairmaster and doing 20 minutes on the stairmaster with a weighted bag yeah I think you've been smashing it like really, really well. But also, I would say you have been doing a lot, quite a bit of cardio because I'm assuming you, you do like the boxing. Oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> what is it lately? Everyone's swearing on. <laughs> this is going uh, to be a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do boxing once a week as well. Yeah. Not to mention that on Tuesday. Yeah. I think that's one of the most. That's definitely helped my cardio. Yeah. And it's been enjoyable as well. Like I don't, I've never ever enjoyed running. I'm not a runner. Um, when I when I have run, it's well, I have I have in the past like five k has been like my longest yeah. run. But every minute of that is like looking at the clock. When am I done? I'm bored. Everything hurts. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I found that like my my cardio definitely has improved. Hundred percent. That boxing has helped that. Yeah, boxers have some of the the best cardio going. And what what I think is important is one of the things that I've always struggled with is to train for something like Everest Base Camp and to maintain that fitness. You know, all year round. Yeah. You have to do something that's kind of enjoyable. Yeah. Like you have to, like, there's no point just going out and running if you're not a runner. There's no point riding a bike 100%. if you hate riding a bike. You've got to fine tune your training at least into something that's going to be sustainable. Yeah. Because something's better than nothing. So even if all you ever do is like you just hike up hills, yeah. you'll gain like, it's it's a different type of cardio. It's, you know, like, for instance, I know a lot of like really, really strong hill walkers that, you know, probably couldn't run a fast 5k or run a, yeah. half, run a half marathon yeah. but what they can do is they're conditioned to hike and trek yeah. and they can trek and hike all day um what do you think made you change the training or was it just because the way you trained previously for Machu Picchu yeah. was it the experience on Machu Picchu did you think I'd want to be stronger lighter mm -hmm. or was it just a continuation do you think of that well actually I was looking back at pictures last week from Machu Picchu and I didn't realize how big I was like I was ca I was carrying a lot of extra weight and I think end of last year really started taking fitness and my nutrition really really seriously um and started like in the past I've always enjoyed going to the gym but I when I look back now <clears throat> I don't my training wasn't focused yeah. I, all my kind of goal was I want to lose weight and I and I think a lot of people are guilty of that of just going into the gym smashing cardio and some people that's great and that's how like you want to lose weight great but I think like yeah like you said you've got to pick a way that you enjoy and yeah. like nutrition and changing what I eat how much protein I'm eating and like eating enough calories and stuff has been a massive part of that yeah I have a very bossy little sister who um is like does bodybuilding and she's actually been training me now so it's all been kind of weights 
um and yeah just completely changed it but I, I can't believe how much I love it and how quickly I've seen my body change and like build muscle and it's been yeah it's been no, really, it has been it's been really crazy how much it's like my, my body's changed and how much stronger I am yeah it is like it is <laughs> I stopped said it the other day when you walked in like every now and again you'll like come in and I'll be like yeah she looks massively different yeah to be fair though <laughs> she looks massive she looks massively different no 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 I I and I I was, I was like seriously impressed because one of the things that I always struggle with now because you know when people give me advice and they say you know I want to lose weight and then someone might say well it's not all about losing weight it's about this that and the other and sometimes for me that's almost a little bit too much information early on what I think you did which is amazing which which is you you just started yeah and you just you started yeah. doing something and you've got to this point through a process of like evolution yeah. you didn't try and do everything you're doing now in the first week no. when you started training no 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 and that's no. what i think is really key is that like you can have a goal to kind of get there get stronger lose weight gain muscle be fitter better cardio it's a big old pie to kind of like deal yeah. with right off the bat it's a lot so i think the first and most important thing that i think is and i've always believed this and it's weird but i've done it myself but it doesn't you don't really feel it but watching your journey over the last sort of six months a year has been you know what you just started going to the gym on a regular basis and yeah. even you admitted like when you first started remember like you don't really know what you're doing and it's but, horrible uh, as well like you don't you lack confidence and you're like oh I don't know if I'm doing this right um I I think people are watching me like it can be really horrible like yeah. in a gym like it, it's all new faces but you do find that like and not all people are gym goers so that's absolutely fine and it's where like we said like whatever training works for you but it's like going in being consistent with it whatever you're doing and it is going to help um you know like I said like training for Machu Picchu yeah I do things differently now but god I was a hell of a lot fitter than I was when I before I started training like that's for sure so and it's doing cons- something is better than doing nothing yeah and it's the consistency and just the faith almost that when you start training in six months time you'll be in a very different position yeah. as long as you just keep going which i was and, for machu picchu anyway yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I also think as well one of the biggest benefits and one of the reasons why i think a lot of people sign up for this trip because over the years i've spoken to tons and tons of people and they always have the same i would say the top three questions I get is you know how fit do you have to yeah. be am I fit enough yeah. and what happens if I slow the group down all three of those things are two-part problems like one of them is obviously the physicality of mm-hmm. it if you're asking those questions you're probably a little bit concerned that you're not a fast walker you haven't trained as much you find it difficult to get the time in but also mentally like there's a little bit of anxiety there yeah. ar- ar- around that thing yeah and I think that one of the things that like training whatever method you choose is is it, like first of all like the best way to alleviate that and to gain confidence in yourself is to just start doing yeah. something physical I think it's always really daunting and I think like especially if you're nervous about how fit you are and you kind of you know in, in the back of your mind yeah I am not fit enough right now to do this trip or you don't have the confidence to feel that you're going to be comfortable when you're out there I think like it, it can seem really overwhelming and yeah. daunting just to just to start but no time like the present like you've just got to you've just got to do it and then you know and slowly get into that headspace of being more confident and um you know having that belief in yourself that you you have trained hard enough and that you you know you are gonna 
you know, be able to do the trip. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, I think it, like the the mindset of just starting. So if you were to take the gym, for example, or walking or hiking, if your only goal was okay, I'm going to go out and I want to walk for half hour, three times a week. Yeah. That's something more than you were doing before. Yeah. And I guarantee within a couple of weeks, you'll probably do it like an hour, three times a week. You know, three hours. If you just yeah. go for an hour walk three times a week, I guarantee it'll make a difference. Yeah. And very, very quickly, you can add in or change things. And it and it does evolve, which is, I think, the, the point that I was trying to make was it is important, I think, to let that training evolve, gu- guided by kind of what you Follow enjoy. Yeah. yeah. You know, rather than just trying to force, you know, like, square peg in a round hole by thinking I want to be a runner so I'm going to go out and yeah. run um that's such a good point yeah. which which I tried previously and I I managed to get it but I, I I'm not built like a runner so <laughs> uh, right uh but I'm not but I decided I wanted to run like a half marathon in preparation for my first trip to base camp and I yeah. did it and it did really help and I you know I, I'm a big advocate for running I think it's a it's a great yeah. way but in retrospect, I probably picked up a couple of injuries on the way and I didn't enjoy it. And also it didn't, it wasn't sustained. As yeah. soon as I like went to base camp and did the half marathon, I, I stopped. Yeah. Because deep down, I was always pushing against the idea that I, I didn't want to run. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you're always forcing yourself to do something in an ideal world you wouldn't be doing yeah so what I started doing then was I started going back to what I loved which was the bike more so I do ride my bike a lot um I want to go back to the gym and I think the way you've done it as well applies to like anybody in any situation like for instance you're 23 with no injuries I'm 40 and everything's wrong but yet (gasps) when we go together like we have a good we have a good training session oh yeah we yeah we have a good training session and I honestly think that's another key point as well um and john who's just i'll read out his comment in a minute he's always kind of been my kind of like my person i get to force me to do things yeah but having like someone to go with takes a huge amount of the mental pressure away 100 percent, yeah so it's so nice to train with someone i go well i used to go with fee quite a bit when i first started and then um that kind of tailored off but now yeah now I just go go on my own and I kind of just get my head down and just do it but it is always really nice to have someone and you always do like it's quite easy not to push yourself um when you're just on your own so um yeah it's nice just to have someone just just company just to kind of yeah yeah hints and tips and just yeah no, things through. exactly but also there's a lot of things that kind of I might want to train that are beneficial for me that I can but I can also learn things from you and yeah. then vice versa we and then I honestly think having a training buddy is one of the key important. If I was to write like, I don't know, a five or just a stepped program to kind of being successful, getting a training buddy would be great. That could be someone you meet in the gym and it, you don't expect to walk in on day one, look around the room and go, right, that's going to be my new friend. But over time, like you've met people in the gym. Yeah, no. And this is actually such a good point. So when I moved down to Cardiff for this job, I, I come from like middle of nowhere, like Dave always takes the neck out of me. Mm. And um, I moved down to Cardiff and I only knew like kind of a handful of people down here. Um, and the gym has been amazing. I've met, a, 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 well, just from going at the same time most days, you meet the same people and you're always like, hey, and you start a conversation over time, like, you know, 
start off with a nod and then you yeah um but yeah i've met a really really good friend now like through the gym and we, we go to the boxing class together and it's 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 really nice because yeah like i said you just meet new people and 100 um, again like it it you can adapt your training and and you know work together and that's just that's just nice similar yeah. common interest and it's same for just going walking outside like there's loads of great facebook groups and and stuff like that so you don't always need to be on your own no so yeah yeah i find it massively helped even when i was running i remember it wasn't long before i met like some other people who are running the same route as yeah. me all the time yeah and yeah. i was just getting changed one day and chatting to them and then one of them was like, was like oh you should run with us and then i just forced myself to do mm. it because weirdly naturally i feel like i'm quite an introvert when it comes yeah. to like meeting new people like other people say no but i think that's what I feel inside. Yeah. And they force so myself. You've got to fake it sometimes, yeah. haven't you? And but just it was great. smile through it. And two of the occasions where I actually got quite fit at running and cycling were because someone else yeah. kind of pushed me to do it. It's it's holding yourself and like others accountable. Like like I said, I met we were messaging over the weekend and like, are you gonna come to the gym with me this week? Let's go, you know, Wednesday, yeah. let's let's do a session um yeah, and then you let me down didn't you because i messaged you about going this morning and you said no well i have boxes yeah yeah so yeah. i can't sometimes it's hard to get that buddy um <laughs> but you know again that's when we go back to the other one uh, um a lesson is consistency and persistency you know so consistently doing it persistently doing it even though you might not be feeling the gains yeah and, and having a friend but yeah. i'll give john a shout out because two of the times just an example of how i've managed to get fit was um years and years and years ago um, John started going out for runs with a mate who he was working with yeah. and I was ignoring the fact that he was doing it because <laughs> I didn't want to do it and then one day I was in my flat and he goes oh, I'm going to go meet my mate for a run and he comes back in and he's like oh yeah I ran seven miles and I was like I'm not having that no I was like I was yeah. like absolutely not so I said to John right from now on you've got to run with your friend and you've got to run with me <laughs> and he was like yeah okay we're going for a run and I think he remembers like the first day we set off I, I set off and it was like that it's like an episode of Peep Show, if some of you may have seen it, where he's running. He's like, oh, my God, I'm amazing. Look how well my legs are. They're powering me. Oh, my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> like, and, I, and it was horrible. And I think I managed a mile and a half, and I would say two-thirds of it were walking. Yeah. But we kept it up, and, like, within, I don't know, two, three months, I could do 5K very slowly. Almost, like, mm. hard to perceive me as moving. <laughs> but, you know, but I did it. And then, and then me, me and him were regularly like equal then running five, eight yeah, miles or whatever. Yeah. And then another uh, Andrew well, Scott's, oh, you just scrolled. Did I? Andrew Scott's just said, you feel um, it's having no effect, but be patient. And in time, you'll notice the difference. Yes. At like hundred percent. Yeah. Because I've obviously been on this fitness journey, like for quite some time now. And it was it's only been very recently that people have started to say bloody hell like you've lost quite a lot no, of yeah. weight now um so like you just gotta keep going like i've got this like it's coming and like keeping record of you know what you're lifting or how like your pace when you're kind of out and just how things are going and um and then just yeah over time like looking back at pictures and just being so proud of yourself and just going god like i've made a big difference like this is paying off yeah so um yeah no i i honestly i on such a good point that you raise because you've been training pretty hardcore now since about well since before september yeah. i would say at least may last well, year well i started the gym last february and then i'd say since 
December, November, December started taking yeah. quite weights quite seriously. And then, yeah, it's just dropped off. I would say, yeah, huge difference, massively. I think, particularly since about the end of last year to now is where it's like almost been every week. Like it's slightly different, yeah. slightly stronger. Um, yeah, John remembers that run. It was a Cardiff barrage. Um, oh, and, and then the second time, which is what um, something that we did, um, was again, so got fit at running, did Everest Base Camp. It was all fun and games. And then I see on like Strava one day that he cycled from Brecon to Bath, right? And I was like, I'm not having that. <laughs> so the same thing again. So I called John and I'm like, John, we're going to do Brecon to Bath. When? This weekend? He's like, wow, you sure? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, he'd been cycling for months and yeah. months. I hadn't been on a bike in months and months. So I sat on a bike. We set off from Brecon. Um, I got, I made it to Bristol. <laughs> like, and, um, yeah, like we literally. I can't imagine that was a flat. That's oh no, flat John will tell you there's, there's like one hill, right? Which, <laughs> did, which did we you literally go over Bracken Beacons. Well, no, luckily for us, like you went to the where John's house used to be, it's really weird. So if we set off on a ride, right? Yeah you'd always somehow have to go uphill straight away yeah but yet when you're coming back it's also uphill <laughs> so i don't know what way we went but anyway so no it's all hills um they pretty much to um to bristol and literally i remember john going across the seven bridge filming me cycling across it and then i had a puncher so i wheeled my bike towards john like ghosted it you know and i was like john you're either gonna fix it or not i don't care anymore and you then and then and then I saw the sign for Bristol Temple Meads and then the next picture of us is on the station mandang <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean that was like what 50 58 miles but what it did do and what I kind of get into is like having a goal having someone to train with yeah because then I was like I have to run that seven miles with John yeah so I, I trained with him until I did and then the second time it was I have to cycle Brecon to Bath yeah. Reckon to Bath Mark 1, yeah, granted. Reckon to Bath Mark 1, hashtag Bristol. Then <laughs> <laughs> the next time we did it, we actually did it, and it's like 80-something miles. See, and there you go. Like, that just shows, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And yeah. It, it is amazing, but, um, yeah. R right. Shall we talk about other stuff now, not just training? Because we did promise we'd talk about other stuff. Yeah. What did we promise we talk about? <laughs> Insurance. Talk about what do the people want? What, yeah, what well, the well, comments? Because well, we've just gone off on a tangent here. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. It's trek ready. It's preparing for your trek with confidence. But yeah, well, training is a big part of that. It's a huge um, part. But yeah, so there is other sort of you know other sections that yeah. you know equally need to be sort of yeah checked on. One of those, okay, as you mentioned, it we'll talk about insurance. Um, yeah. Because there's a couple of little like insurance is relatively easy to get. Honestly, there's a there's a lot of providers out there that all provide specialist policies for tracking at high altitude. Um, but there is a couple of things that you want to make sure that you've like checked those boxes. Um, I've got quite a lot of insurance policies over the years and actually my circumstances change slightly. Mm -hmm. One of them is you have to let them know about any pre-existing conditions and things like that. Um, the, the important issue with that is that most of uh, some insurance policies, if you don't tell them about a pre-existing condition, then they give you the policy. And then you have to make a claim. Yeah. Um, even if it's not related to that condition, mm -hmm. it can still invalidate the policy. Yeah. Um, so just tell them everything. Pay a little bit more if you have to. Um, it's better to be safe than sorry. A hundred percent. And then also one thing to always 
confirm is so a lot of the time like Kilimanjaro and for like peaks in Nepal there's specific policies otherwise but there's not like a specific policy of say Machu Picchu mm. or Tupacal so one of the most important things is you get covered to beyond the highest altitude you're going to yeah. go to so for instance Tupacal what 4160 yeah or something so I, like. I got my insurance actually last night for Tupacal with two traveler um and I literally just for me it's pretty easy because I I like you said before don't have any kind of illnesses injuries nothing so it's it was pretty easy um i got my insurance last year for machu picchu with two traveler as well so it's just like it the, the website i found as well for two traveler is really easy yeah, yeah um so i literally didn't even look at any of the others i was like no nah, just gonna pay it whatever um so literally just went on found the kind of package that covered me up to um the height so like you said four one is two cal but this was up to like four six yeah um and obviously covered like morocco like the country and then yeah i was good to go and it was like 47 pounds oh really yeah mine's about 90. i'm in a different age bracket um yeah andrew scott has asked can we recommend uh, an insurance company for people in their 70s i think most of those um companies will insure people mm -hmm regardless of the age you just pay a premium for it but yeah. I've heard Campbell Irvin offer reasonable I was gonna prices Irvin, yeah. um for the uh for the older person and then big big cat insurance is the other one that we recommend but I don't know yeah I don't know about age with that with that yeah I've used only true traveler just because I like the ease of getting the policy yeah like so you have to just select your basic policy and then they have um packs that you can add on yeah um which are related to what you're doing, like the adventure pack, the extreme pack, all that yeah. type of thing. Um, I don't know about Campbell Irving and Big Cat, how they do it, but I have had some feedback from customers that um, if you are sort of say 50 and above, Campbell Irving offer you a really good um, value. Um, but it's worth checking the other things as well, because the, the policy may be like good, but you want to just compare it. So always do yeah. a comparison, like what's the level of cover like? What's the policy access yeah. like? um you know does it cover like medical costs and repatriation and all of that sort of yeah. stuff um yeah because although it may be cheap it might not be a full package and then once you've added on all those little bits that you need it can be quite expensive yeah um we i do think we have a guide about insurances and stuff like that do, so yeah on the on the knowledge center yeah so I'm maybe sure if Jode uh, can find that and um and put it in um what other things would you say are important like because you're going through it right now you're about to go yeah. you're literally less than a month you're gonna go yeah and the thing is i'm doing it and then that like i'm going with my dad and then dad's going what what do i need help help yeah. talk me through everything so i'm trying to like coach him along as well so um kits there's pieces of kit i'm borrowing from you there's mm. diamox that i'm probably going to be taking well i'll take with me but i'll probably just take it anyway yeah. um yeah so medications medications so that just covers, thinking about yeah. that um having it like what i did for peru as well we had an extra couple of days at the end and like throughout because our itinerary was slightly different and i just got on like trip advisor and stuff is it trip advisor i don't know yeah 
no trust pilot what is it trip advisor or oh, trust pilot and i was like just looking at things to do in the local area so I do, i've done that again and like yeah seen like some cool things and not even that you have to necessarily book anything because speaking to like the hotel and stuff can be really helpful to find stuff to do yeah but um just like just to make sure you're making the most of the time out there that's something yeah. i'm like always really really keen to do like i never want to be like if it's an adventure trip yeah, you've got to now, pack If I'm going to Tenerife to sit by a pool for a week, I don't want to do anything. Yeah. But I want to make the most of the time out there, so I'll be doing lots of activities. I'm exactly the same. No rest days on a trip. No. Not really. If you're not trekking, you've got to be going somewhere or yeah. doing something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the camel rides. There's like quad bike tours. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, I want to do it all. Yeah. Yeah. So, fun. Yeah. Morocco's amazing as well. There's so much to do. You can go to the desert. Yeah, literally. You know, there's, 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 yeah, there's absolutely tons of stuff we can so, do. Dad went out there last year, so um, I'm hoping he'll be like, back to do that, to that. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, so Sam Weller, um, also inoculations, what's needed and what's advised. Um, so the best way to be prepared for that is that if you go on to Nomad um, Health Clinic's website um and put in the inoculations for you know you can do a search by which country so for instance i would put in nepal and it'll come up with a really helpful table mm -hmm. mandatory and then advised um it's basically in pretty much all of our destinations the the this the basic stuff so what are the what is the basic stuff I don't know, like polio diphtheria oh what's that one you can get through soil i don't know cholera maybe that's water Can't yeah remember. but anyway they're really helpful that, that yeah. nomad, like the, the, the table the, the, i think partly the reason why i can't name them off the top of my head is because i always refer to that table yeah like really I, I literally just go there but also um so you can get inoculations through your gp um but there's no guarantee that they always have the ones that you need in stock because generally they just cover you for what you know they they inoculate people for in the uk um, I always pay and go to um, Nomad to get mine done purely because there's a few benefits. One of those benefits is that you're talking to someone that understands exactly why you need this stuff. So anti-malarials and diamox are two of the big ones. Um, so when you have, um, when you go to Africa, you know, you're going to need anti-malarials. Um, but the big one's diamox. So if you go to your GP and you ask for diamox, um, a lot of the time they won't actually understand that it's used for high altitude trekking and climbing mm -hmm. because it's not it wasn't originally designed for that purpose um so it so they, they can be quite reluctant to kind of yeah. prescribe it to you when you go to nomad travel clinics they know exactly what diamox is actually used for yeah. in terms of climbing and trekking and they have no hesitation in prescribing it to you um one of the things as well to recommend with diamox which i don't know if you've ever done actually, i don't know if you took it in machu picchu or not um but if you are planning on taking it or think you may take it is always like get the prescription well in advance of when you go and take a pill at home oh, right, yeah, um, no, so, so you that. can just double check that it doesn't have any like weird adverse yeah. reactions there's always side effects with diamox i took it when i was on kilimanjaro um and it's mainly like pins and needles and your yeah. hands and feet and like in your face by here um which is annoying but nowhere near as annoying as high altitude sickness no no, no, no <laughs> you know no yeah so um yeah i reckon we should smash through and get some yeah, questions done because <laughs> there's a there's a lot of stuff that people have said which is great so i'm going to script for the comments first um so let's have a look think after rosie's tiktok because i'm ready for i think that that's a that's a rosie tiktok fan yes we're getting somewhere yeah 
I love doing the TikToks. Does that mean but... we've got at least one follower now? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I love doing the TikToks, but everyone gets really stressed. And then I'm like coming up to them with like some lights and like everyone a, gets a, really a, stressed. A, a tripod. And I'm like, hey, so do you have uh, five minutes to come to a TikTok with me? Yeah. <laughs> Not now. It's, n- it's never five minutes, by the way. <laughs> never. And it's usually you're you're really good as well with like oh, doing I'm the sound, so good, yeah. doing like the lip sync. But I take a couple of takes usually. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of laughing. But funny. They're oh, funny. they're so funny. Sometimes my sides yeah. after a session. Um, yeah. Um, so best. Sam Wellers asked, best way to train if you live at um, low altitude. How can you prepare for this? So a couple of things, Sam. So when it comes to our trips, um, they are kind of designed so you don't need to be pre-acclimatized. There are a few trips that that can be beneficial for, but we'll stick with the ones that you don't for now. Um, There's no real way to pre-acclimatize unless you're going to spend time in like a a tent, one of those altitude simulation tents and things like that. Mm -hmm. The best thing you can do to prepare your body is get a few things in place. So one of them is you know, I say it on every live now, I feel like, but knowledge dispels fear. So learning a lot about acclimatization and where you're going and what you're going to be doing yeah. means that, you know, you can mentally prepare for that and, and look forward to it rather than being caught out by something you weren't expecting. And the other one is just trying to be, you know, as physically strong as you can, um, you know, in terms of your endurance, particularly. So leg strength, core strength, um, because as soon as you start struggling to carry a pack because your back's aching yeah. or, your, or your legs are burning, you know it's an uphill struggle then literally um and also a bit of cardio fitness doesn't doesn't harm as well because it's true that you know anyone can suffer high altitude sickness absolutely true um but it's also true that the more you exert yourself the more likely you are to experience it so the way to exert yourself less is to be physically fitter um and also to take your time um so walk slow get used to walking slow get used to gradually t- taking your time to go up big steep climbs when you're in the uk and you see a big hill we all have a tendency i think to think right how quickly can we get up that bad yeah. boy you know or you want to rush to get it over and done with and get very competitive can't it yeah when you're it's different when you're out there 100 percent. it's a different atmosphere so the idea when you're trekking is not to how quickly can we get at the top of that hill to get it over with or who can be first you're going to spend a long time on the hill so you may as well just relax enjoy yourself have a conversation stop take breaks um, and also drink plenty of water, get used to drinking like four or five litres a day because, yeah. yeah, you're like a basking sharp. Sharp? <laughs> there was, <laughs> and it's like, there's a couple of t- like times, you know, when there were steep climbs at um, the Machu Picchu Trail for, for me last year, where we were, re- we were struggling and, and you know, with, with the altitude and it was literally a case of picking a point, uh, like a, a rock, a bush anything in front of us and we'd literally be walking for like 45 seconds and stopping for rest yeah. but like you do it and like we, we we were all in the same position in that there wasn't kind of one person firing off we just did it together nice and slow there was no rush yeah um and you know it, it keeps your morale up you know just having everyone right stop again five five seconds let's just yeah. get a breath back again and we go again you exactly. know i mean you hit key word there I think is morale um it's very easy sometimes when you're on a trek and it's happened to me I, I most notably on Ben Nevis um and on one day on the way down from Killy um and it's usually lack of food yeah. for me so it's about but when I'm enjoying myself it doesn't matter how hard the day is 
And that and that's true. Every single trek that I've ever done, if I'm enjoying myself or I'm in a positive frame of mind, I'm always having a great time. Mm-hmm. And a part of the reason how, how I get in that frame of mind is 99 times out of 100 food. So I'll eat snacks. Yeah. Banter is good. Yeah. As you know, I could be pretty annoying yeah. on a trek. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. like, like if I see you or John near me, <laughs> like I'm going to get like a long bit of plant or something and like stick it in your ear or something. I'm not kidding. At the training weekend, Dave carried this piece of grass with him for about, hours. A, 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 like I'm not kidding, for hours. And it was one of those really long pieces of yeah. grass. And he'd like just come up and it was like touch like yeah, people's and then, ears. But I obviously have no like, what's it called? Like, sensory awareness Sen- no obviously not because he, he was doing it to me for like ages yeah. i just wouldn't wouldn't notice very little payoff but everyone else like you know like very little payoff with you very little payoff like you practically have to insert the thing in her ear in order to get a reaction very disappointing but yeah um, just like i like playing like games and stuff like as you walk like yeah <sighs> anything and, and <laughs> one of the things and i tell you who's really good at this is andy um is like sometimes you know if you see this five six of you on a track and all of you are pretty grumpy and it yeah. sometimes it takes one person to just kind of even if they're not feeling it themselves like try and uplift fake, the move fake it fake it, make make it. it. <laughs> but what but what he i really think he fakes it which is <laughs> driving me mad because he's always happy but he but what he can do is like he can kind of like just like switch that switch in his brain yeah. and kind of just like find some banter, have some light conversation and yeah. pull people out of it. Yeah. The ref, um, one time in particular for that one was when I was walking down from Killy, which is after the summit day. Anyone that's ever done Killy will know that one of the hardest parts is actually once you've come down, you stop, you have a little rest, something to eat, and you've got another four hour walk to get down again. Well, I hadn't eaten properly in a while. Mm. So, you know, that like Snickers advert when his mate gets really grumpy. <laughs> Like that was me. No, not you when you're hungry. Yeah, I was sat on the wall and Andy's like, come on, Dave, we've got to go. And I'm like, no, I'm not going. <laughs> and he was like, well, you have to. And I was like, no, we don't. <laughs> you know, and I was like, I was like, I was like I'm staying here by the wall. And he was like, and literally he's like, have a chocolate. Bar, and I was like, fine, eat the chocolate bar. And I was like, okay, let's go. I feel better. And honestly, it is one of those things that, um, yeah, makes a massive difference. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Um, let's have a look. Uh, Bruce, oh, okay, cool. Go on. Brisk walk along Hadrian's Wall. Ooh, on my doorstep, lovely scenery. Lots of up and down and didn't see it as training. Yeah, so true, Andrew. Like, making the most of your, like, local surroundings, which I'll kind of just slide in there, like, fat maps has been brilliant um, for finding, like, new trails around the local area. Who knew that Caffini? Yeah had like such nice 10k walks that kind of go up you know up and down. amazing yeah just so nice so nice everyone takes the mick but it's actually lush here yeah. um so yeah i didn't i didn't realize there were so many nice walks oh, around. Proper lush, <laughs> you went really well <laughs> it's really nice <laughs> um right you've got you we've missed we've missed all these comments now we've yeah no, so, uh, yeah i'm going to just go with some of the oh, questions we've had put through because um yeah if you try and keep up with the comments it's, um, okay go, yeah, go yeah, ahead yeah. so so mark mcadam has said hi could you tell me please what is included in the price of a trip are flights transfers included okay so to list everything that's included might take a while so what i highly suggest is that 
um, have a look on the website um, and you know just spend some time like absorbing all that information. It's on the trip page and then scroll right down past all the dates and it's there for you. Yeah. Um, as a snapshot, we don't include international flights, um, but your transfers are included. Um, so not including flights is actually something of a conscious decision. Um, one, it may, means that our trips are not like crazy expensive at the outset and you're left to go and find a cheaper flight, which invariably people always can do. Secondly, it enables us to be as flexible as we are with our dates, um, something that came into you know massive benefit for us and you guys during COVID where if something happened and you needed to change your date, as long as we have a little bit of notice, we're able to kind of be as flexible as we can. Um, where with flights, everything's a bit more rigid because there's the seat booked on a flight that is leaving and yeah. to try and change that is a lot of yeah. hoops to jump through. Um, but transfers, yes, and internal uh, flight if you go into Everest Base Camp. So your local flight is included um, and your internal flight in Peru is included yeah. to get to Cusco, just not the, the big one. What long I always like to say is like, once you arrive in country, like more or less, you're, everything's pretty much included. Um, just like the three main things to think about is like I said, flights, insurance, and your visa if you need one. Yeah, awesome. Those are the three main things, I, I think. Um, Charles Jackson has said, what should your average oxygen levels need to be? Do you need to set target levels? To be oh, honest, Charles, question. not really, because your oxygen levels are largely dictated by your environment and your physiology. So there's not a huge amount you can do to kind of change them other than take supplemental oxygen to increase it. Um, it is true that the higher you go in altitude, the lower your sats will be. So when you're on our trips, we put a little um, sat monitor on your finger, the oximeter, and that'll check your blood oxygen. Um, Smart watches can do that as well. Um, and it is an indication of how your body is adjusting to altitude. So the guides will generally have an idea so, for instance, when I was last at Gorek Shep, mine was in the 80s. Um, a sea level is like 98, 99. Um, so in the 80s, that's totally normal. However, if you had someone who had a very low number at Gorek Shep, which is just a really high up 5,100 meters in Nepal, and they had a really low number, that would be a concern because you'd think, so, okay, so that person is at high altitude and has a lot less blood oxygen than they should do. Um, and then you'll use that number in conjunction with some other things like their symptoms, you know, how are they feeling? Do they have a headache? Do they feel sick? Are they able to walk around? Are they eating? A lot of the times you can have a low number and be completely fine and not suffering any altitudes. It's just part of the physiology and quirkiness of travel um, at altitude. So I would say, no, we don't, we monitor it, but we don't use it as a target to get to um, because it's largely out of, out of your control. So hopefully that kind of gives you a little bit of help. It's a very deep subject, that one, actually. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to kind of give you that, and then hopefully that's uh, cool. Kate asked, hi, guys. I do hit three to four times a week. Um, that includes running, cycling, and weights. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that'll happen. <laughs> um, is it sufficient for TubeCal and EBC or altitude training? for altitude trainings are still needed. Thanks. Um, it sounds like you're doing quite a lot and you, you're pretty fit. So I'd, I'd say you're good. In terms of weights, one thing I didn't mention earlier, like single leg kind of um, exercises are really, really helpful to really build um, proper proper muscle. So, um, you know, think about what you're doing in the gym. Can you do like a, a single leg? Um, leg press and, and, and 
you know lunges and stuff like that that's a really really good way to yeah. build strength in your legs yeah um but yeah sounds like you're doing okay but remember like you've got a, that free consultation um with the altitude london altitude center um and i like answering a lot of these questions with about altitude and fitness they're so helpful you know they're that this is what they do. So just jumping on that call with them, um, talk talk about your fit, your current level of fitness, what you can do to improve. They they supply you as well with a free training guide. Yeah. Um. And you know, getting down there or or you know, hiring a piece of kit to kind of sit and kind of experience being at altitude. Yeah. Um. Definitely get on a call with them and you know get signed up to that because it is really really helpful. You know, they know what they're talking about. Hundred percent. Um. So Charles has said, uh, do we know anything about snoring at high altitude? Um, and then actually that's followed on by Richard Johnson that says the, the thing I found most difficult was sleeping at altitude and breathing deeper happens when you sleep. I found at base camp I woke up in a panic due to struggling to breathe. Yeah. And then Andrew Scott has said, is sleep apnea more likely at altitude? I suffered it twice on EBC near Gorich, quite frightening. So you kind of all lean in on the, the, the same thing. So there is a name for that type of breathing. Oh, I want to say Higgs something, but I can't remember if it is. I'll have to um, do some research and put it out there. So yes, so when you go to high altitude, sleep apnea, snoring potentially a little bit more, but you know, if you don't, I've been with Trex people who've been way up in altitude and they've not snored. Apparently I have, but I've never heard it. Um, but yeah, so sleeping does get a little bit difficult and it's completely normal. Not everyone has this problem, but sometimes when you're at high altitude, you'll be kind of drifting off and then you kind of have that <gasps> like jolt awake. And then you, and when that happens, you're short of breath for a short period of time, you know? So you, you feel like, and, and then what can happen then is like, as that's happening very quickly, you have like anxiety and that yeah. kind of amplifies it. For anyone who's had like a panic attack before, like yeah. it, can be, it can be really scary. Yeah. So th this is why I always go back to the knowledge dispelling fear. Knowing that can happen before you get to high altitude means that when it does happen, some of that anxiety that makes it worse isn't there. And you just literally just, just like you finish a run. That's how I think of it, you know? Mm. So when you finish a run and you're out of breath and you're breathing quite hard, you don't panic that you're going to die and you mm. know it'll go down. It's the same thing when you wake up at altitude. It will go down. You've just got to take a minute or two to kind of allow that process to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One thing that really does help with it is Diamox. Um, my father, when we went trekking, had the same thing. So he would wake up with that quite regularly. Um, and when you take Diamox, um, it goes a long way to sort of, if not stopping it, making it a lot less frequent and easier to deal with. Um, so yeah, sleeping at altitude does you know can be tricky one you know some people really struggle to sleep at altitude anyway mm -hmm. there's a number of reasons for that you might have a headache you might be you know kind of like feeling a bit nauseous some people you know when they're what the term overtired you know mm -hmm. when they get so sort of knackered they go yeah. to bed but then you can't sleep yeah so yeah it can be a little bit um tricky i think the best thing to do is if as you start to gain altitude you notice that's happening like you're struggling to sleep or you're having those moments where you wake up breathless, um, consider switching to Diamox. And if you're already on Diamox, um, you know, talk to your guide about it because there's often a lot of things that they can do. You know, how much have you been drinking? How fast were you walking the next day? How much mm -hmm. have you been eating? There's so many different things that might play into it and we can certainly make it um, manageable. Uh, but with regards to the panic, Richard, I reckon, yeah, 
knowing it can happen before helped me a lot because I researched it, knew it could yeah. happen. Um, I'm very lucky in a lot of ways with altitude. Like, it doesn't happen a lot to me, but it, sometimes it does. Yeah. Me, I notice when... is like if I roll in, roll over in bed or miss a breath <laughs> as you do it, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. When like I've had a panic attack in the past before, a lot of these smart watches, um, they can do like steady breathing with you. So um, and my my Garmin does it, um, and I believe like Apple watches can do it as well. But they obviously monitor your heart rate, and they can do a count with you. So you can you can kind of time it so you go like breathe in for ten seconds, breathe out for te like ten seconds. It'd be helpful to have that guide with you as well, just to to calm you down because. It, it can be really like scary especially kind of waking up and you're like oh I'm in a new place like yeah I you know I've not kind of experienced this before so yeah like definitely see like if you do kind of wear a smartwatch with you or, or have anything like that just yeah. to think about just tapping that on and just like helping you get your breath back a bit and calm yourself down a little bit yeah I mean it's I know a lot of people um and I've had a lot of advice from guides to talk about sleeping at altitude because it can be a little bit tricky um, and my first guide when I ever went there told me that when you arrive at a place, so you've trekked all day and you've arrived at Le Boucher, yeah. some people are really tired and they want to have a nap. My guide would always say, don't, Yeah. you need to be awake. You've just arrived Push at this through. altitude, yeah. stay awake, largely because it gives your body more time to adjust to that altitude in like its normal wake, woken state. Mm -hmm. When you go to sleep, naturally, body, your heart rate slows, yeah, your breathing yeah, slows. And, you know, you, you're not necessarily acclimatizing as well to the low altitude. If you just get in, oh, God, I'm tired, go to sleep that immediately. That makes so much sense, yeah. And I, I think it's, there's a lot of truth in it because a lot yeah. of people will wake up with, like, a headache. Um, and that's largely because I think they, you know, are of that, like, sleeping and lower mm. oxygen. Again, it's nothing to be terribly afraid of. It's good to recognize that it's happening and let your guide know. Um, but also, you know, can't stress enough like normally like paracetamol get rid of a headache diamox can really help with the sleeping and then also like with your guide check your oxygen levels and then look at food nutrition you know nutrition water speed of hiking what you did the previous day i've seen lots of people struggle to have a you know, have a bad night's sleep yeah. talk to the guide in the morning and the guy's like okay hang at the back with me today and part of the reason is so they know that you're going slower yeah. and you just take your time so yeah really important um, someone come in here just a change of topic um about it was about visa um oh, i can't find it now it said something along the lines of how far in advance do i need to apply for my visa yeah. um do i need to do that i'm i'm sorry i can't find the that's okay i will thing find now. It. anyway if it's for nepal um then yeah i definitely always advise to get it beforehand to me it's just peace of mind you go in you don't need to then stand in potentially a long queue to 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 get it um at the airport so it's just like it's done and you can just get straight on to you know to your hotel um super easy there's a guide on the website step by step how to apply for it typically 
Um, so what you do is basically you go online, um, you fill out the form, um, then you get you give, given a code um, and you can either print off like your confirmation that you filled it out or just pop a note in into the envelope saying with, with your code. Yeah. Um, put, put your passport in like a prepaid like, envelope so they can send it back to you. Again, all of this information is like in depth step by step on on the on the talk through um but yeah you send it off on the monday and get it back by the friday don't you like it's pretty yeah, it's no, really, really quick. quick and the the i've spoken before to the people um in like the what's it called like the nepalese embassy, embassy um in london and they're so helpful so like when i was writing the guide i've obviously haven't done Everest base camp yet so i was just kind of going off what dave said and i ended up actually just giving them a call and they were so helpful and yeah just yeah yeah really so good. just just if if in doubt give them a call um and they're you know really really helpful i think but, a yeah. lot a lot of people who i've spoken to didn't realize that you can just call an embassy but that's their whole purpose is to help people traveling around countries yeah. and support people yeah so like, helpful. It's, it's one is to support people who are going to travel and one to support their own citizens but yeah you, you can pick up the call and call any embers pick up you can you can pick up the call and um and then you can dial uh, the number anyway um so one more question and then we'll dive on to um one other thing that might actually help people with preparation um so chris has said thoughts on aspirin for altitude headache prevention so I think, yeah, aspirin's really good. I think there's a lot of people that um, also can't take paracetamol or ibuprofen. Um, so aspirin's really good. There is some talk that um, I know a lot of high altitude mountaineers who are going to be at altitude for a long time take aspirin because it helps thin the blood, which helps oxygen move around the body. Um, when you do like a two week trip, your blood doesn't really start to get any thicker. That process normally takes about a month. Um, but certainly, you know, yeah, it's great. Take some with you. Oh my god, right, just before we move on. Is it Bright Bright? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Train hard, trek easy. I did a 44 mile ultra marathon two weeks before Kilimanjaro. Mm. Oh my god. Yeah, that's, that's not that, that, that that's train too hard. <laughs> and he treks real easy. But no, he's absolutely right. Train hard, trek easy is great. So yeah, that's it. Just if you're gonna do Killy, make sure you can run 44 <laughs> miles beforehand. Um, that's mad well done yeah that that's is amazing, amazing. Um, um yeah so one of the other things that we can offer that does help people get prepared for their trip um which is, is kind of it's kind of like a tuesday tune-in but spread over sort of two days oh i love working the the training weekends it's the training weekends yeah you stole my <laughs> yeah stole my thunder <laughs> leading up to it so back in training weekends guys yeah tell us all about it Rosie. why not <laughs> Um, yeah, so we do have a Brecon training weekend. Yeah, one in August and one in October. Yeah. We'll be at both. Yeah, so if you're in the October one. It's your, my birthday weekend, so. Bring your raincoat. That I was lovely weather last year, wasn't it? In October. I didn't work one. No, it was really year. wet. The, oh, was it? We had 40 degrees in the summer one. Yeah, it was so hot in the summer one. It was flashed. Unbelievable bit too hot when you were out the mountains there was no shade I got but... sunburned. yeah but anyway they're <laughs> awesome it's a good opportunity like um the Brecon training weekends are really sort of they're about trip preparation um so although we're going out hiking and we have um Steve who heads up our mountain team um looking after everyone and making sure they stay safe on the hill uh, the big part of it is also having an opportunity to like talk with us yeah. and we can talk through what trip you're on 
what prep you're on. We do deep dives into things like equipment, um, you know, acclimatization, medication, all of the stuff that we've discussed today to get you trip ready. Yeah. We discuss on a one-to-one -one basis over like a number of days, sometimes fueled by a beer. Um, yeah, it's really nice. It's a great weekend. Yeah, we go out to a local restaurant um, for some Nepalese food. Um, it's just really nice to like it, people like make like friends and mm -hmm. people go with like others that are like on the same um, trip date as each other. And it's just yeah, it's really good. And and like like they've said, literally just speak to the team whenever you need to. Um, we do. Uh, well, you do. I don't do. Um, uh, kit chat yeah so just going through packing just really helpful like hints and tips yeah um and it's just a really nice atmosphere all weekend just like getting to know people most people kind of come on their own don't they yeah like like probably most people are just yeah like don't own, like but... don't know anyone like just turn up and like we, we make a group chat um and yeah everyone just kind of stays in touch and it's just really nice isn't it yeah no really good we've yeah. been We've done so many now, but the last few have really we've taken it a step up. Yeah, um, yeah. we have more people on them. We get pizza on the Friday. We get pizza on the Friday. Yeah, yeah, that's really this important. This is good food and drink weekend. Yeah, plenty of teas, coffees. Yeah. Um, Eek. maybe some Moretti. Um, but no, it's really good. And it's we also have weekend. Steve, um, uh, who does have a winter guy. skills training. Um, comes down with a few of his guys as well. Um, and while we're doing the kit chat and stuff like that, he might do a, another little bit about mountain safety. Sometimes he'll talk about harnesses and clipping in. So um, it's not like an in-depth conversation, but he does show you a little bit about what you'd be doing on things like Island, Mara Peak, that type of thing. Honestly, there's value There's value anywhere you look. Also, the great bald yetis, John, comes along. So if you do find a big piece of long grass, he's got a bald head. It's really nice to kind of annoy him with. He loves that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah it's a really they're really fun weekends yeah. so um darren darren's coming along in october fun yeah we'll see you there awesome yeah. dazza look forward to dazza being there um, um yeah brian's done one as well um highlight from brian's one i think was i think him and john ran the last 5k of what? the yeah, along that roman road the uh, rocky one yeah they ran along that and then i think when he got back Bryce stripped down to his boxes nice. and took a picture in front of Andy's truck. It's a good system. Yeah. Boys, boys, boys. But awesome. So I think that's about it, guys. I think we've pretty much covered anything. Um, I think actually we've got to cut a minute. So we'll, go on, I, go I, on. We'll do Chris, Chris uh, Collins. Um, how often did you take Diamox? What is it reduced dose? Um, this will be all like information on the kind of like packaging and stuff so definitely do your own research i started off by just taking half a tablet um and just seeing how i get on mm. um but and then i think i might have upped it to one um morning and night yeah i took it um but yeah like all the information will kind of be on the pack and yeah just just take a little yeah. see how you get on uh, mark drummond said if you do base camp and lobuche east would you do lobuche east on the way back yes um because one great thing about going there is it's all on the same route to everest base camp but when you go to everest base camp you get a 5364 go up to calabatar 5550 so then when you go above 6000 meters you're already acclimatized so yeah that's the way we do it um, ever track duffel bags are they waterproof um they are water resistant but they also have covers as well yeah yeah 
but always handy just to have a couple of drive bags. Yeah. Won't hurt. Awesome. So, guys, thank you very much for joining us. Hopefully that's been helpful and there's a couple of golden nuggets you can glean in there with your trip prep. Um, as always, if you have any specific questions you want to ask us, just uh, email us or even better. The training weekend is now still on an early bird. We forgot. Oh, early yeah. bird pricing. Yeah. Which is due to end in a week or so, yeah, I think. So, like yeah. Um, get booked on now, guys. We're yep. really looking forward to seeing you there. Awesome. Take it easy, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.